Coming up on today's message with Pastor John. James tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. The time has ended for believers to just go to church and when they leave church say, ooh, that was a good sermon or, or ooh, worship was good today. We can't just do that and then not do something to reflect the change in us. For faith to be genuine, it must translate into deeds. Otherwise, we lie to ourselves. Amen. Let's get into the word today. Our message today comes from the book of James. I'm going to be reading the first chapter and the 17th verse through the 27th verse. Again, that is James chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. And I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Translation of God's Word. Let's see what it has to say for us today. Amen. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls but be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves for if any are hearers of the word and not doers they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror for they look at themselves and going on and go on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for the orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather once again in your word and in your wisdom. Lord God, I ask that Every word that I speak be acceptable in your sight. Let all the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Allow your Holy Spirit to do a work in all of us so that you can get the glory. Let this be a seed that is planted in fertile soil 
and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, For the time that we get to spend together today, I would like to talk a little bit about looking in the mirror. Looking in the mirror. When I was a young child, I was fascinated by mirrors. And I would spend a lot of time looking at myself in the mirror. I remember one time being in the mall and my stepmother thought it was the funniest thing because we were in the mall about to go up the escalator of a department store and they had some support beams in front of the escalator and the support beams had mirrors on them. And I stopped before going up the escalator because I I needed some time in the mirror. Um, I was going to look. And I kept that habit as I got older. And I've noticed as well that my son now has that habit. I, I just, I don't have any idea where he could have got that from. But uh, I like to spend some time in the mirror. I want to see what's going on with my face. I want to see how, when I was growing up, how was my mustache coming in? Do I have any pimples on my face? Uh, Do I have any uh, visitors in my nose? Uh, I just wanted to make sure that I looked Okay, and I've learned I'm not alone. Yes, studies show that some people look in the mirror as much as 40 times a day. For some, looking in the mirror is simply a matter of gathering data. Uh, For others, it's to confirm the worst. We can always find a mirror, and that's perhaps why we take mirrors for granted. We use them for personal purposes and decor. Uh, When we're driving, we have a rear view mirror and side mirrors for safety reasons. Uh, There are mirrors that reflect light, and we look at a mirror before we go out in public, uh, if we're going to go on a date or we have a business meeting or something. Uh, And when we don't, have a mirror, uh, we pull out our cell phones and put them on selfie mode uh, to ensure that we have it all together. Not only do we use mirrors in our practice, we use mirrors in our language. Uh, When a child looks like their parent, we say that they look like a reflection of the parent. Uh, when we want somebody to consider their actions, we tell them they, na- they need to take a long, hard look in the mirror at themselves. We use mirrors for behavior. Uh, theologian Sean Carter, also known as Jay-Z, said, I'm a mirror. If you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. And the exchange starts. Uh, What you see is what you reflect. If you don't like what you see, then you've done something. 
mirrors are a part of our everyday life, our language and our actions. But what about the mirror that James, the apostle, would have been using over 2,000 years ago? Uh, That kind of mirror was probably not like our kinds of mirrors, where it's a piece of glass coated in silver nitrate. Uh, The mirror that James probably spoke of was a piece of polished bronze or copper. But no matter what was going on, uh, there was no doubt that his readers would have known what a mirror was. Because mirrors had been around long before James wrote his letter to the Christians that are spread out, also known as the diaspora. Artifacts dating back as far as 6,000 years before Christ tell us that the early community uh, polished stones in order to use them for reflection before uh, going to their equivalent of what would have been a Walmart. Uh, James is writing to people spread out all over when he wrote this letter, and he wrote this letter to make some things clear to believers. James said that faith is about action. The book of James is a small book, but has a bunch of powerful statements in it. James was short with his words, very blunt. And James uh, said that if you were a believer, you should not have to say so. Your actions should speak for you. Now, James was not saying that we are off the hook for evangelism, but that our Christian life should be more than just saying the right things. We must do the right things as well. Uh, If somebody is all talk and no action, they are just like people who look at themselves in the mirror, walk away and forget everything that they saw. James tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. The time has ended for believers to just go to church and when they leave church say, ooh, that was a good sermon or, or ooh, worship was good today. We can't just do that and then not do something to reflect the change in us. For faith to be genuine, it must translate into deeds. Otherwise, we lie to ourselves. If we are believers, we need to listen more than we speak. We need to not get angry so quickly either. James tells us that an anger does not produce God's righteousness. How we treat people reflects what type of Christian we are. That is why James says we need to bridle our tongues. How many people have been hurt by the church or by church folk based on something that was said? 
You know, you grow up uh, hearing the, the, the nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. That is not true. There are some of us that are holding on to hurt about something that was said or something that was not said for years. I, re I can't remember the name of the psychologist that said it, but he said a lot of us are, are, are 50 year olds who are still processing things that happened to us when we were five. Words matter. Words carry weight. And if we are going to be believers, we need to say the things that God has said. And we need to speak like Christians to one another. And not only speak like Christians to one another, good Christians, we need to act like it. Yes. We have to welcome the word of God into our lives and let it take fruit. Let it take root and produce fruit, rather. That way, we can be good Christians to ourselves and others. You know, a problem I have with certain Christian movements is that they emphasize too much a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it starts and ends with them. I got Jesus, I'm saved, it's good, uh, don't matter about anything else. The problem is, is as my seminary professor said over and over again, you cannot be a Christian outside of community. You got to love God and you got to love people. And when you love people, that means you're going to have to deal with them. That means you're going to have to talk to them. That means you're going to have to have some interactions with them. But there are people that focus on just getting saved and having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So they'll go to a church and say, amen, great sermon. And they'll be so glad that they are going to heaven. They've got their fire insurance, so to speak, but they aren't doing anything else to help the community. They're not doing anything else to help their fellow man. They're not doing anything else that involves them getting involved and actually touching the people. Jesus and the disciples were out and about amongst the people. They didn't just hole up in a building and not deal with the people. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ does not mean we are to exclude others. That's why James said that true religion was to take care of widows and orphans. Because during that time in the Bible, uh, the only people that could really take care of themselves were the men. Women and children were not allowed to get jobs and do certain things. The men had to provide for all during the biblical times. And so if you were a wife or a child that had lost their husband or their father, respectively, you were on the out and outs. There was nothing that could be done unless another man came in and took over for you and took care of you. And that was what was a change in the Christian community. They said that true religion, pure and undefiled religion, was to take care of those 
who can't take care of themselves. Pure religion is to take care of the widows and orphans. And if you can behave like that, if you can operate like that, and your behavior matches that of a good Christian, you should have no problems looking yourself in the mirror. Looking in the mirror is a good thing, but only if we act according to the data that the mirror is giving back to us. Otherwise, looking in the mirror is a waste of time. We need to look into the mirror to become better versions of ourselves. And the world becomes a better place when we look at the mirror as well. We look at God's mirror, the perfect law, and we act upon what we see. That is why James says he applauds those who can bridle the tongue. That's why he refers to working on what we see when he talks about uh, becoming uh, a pure religion, rather, being that that takes care of the widows and orphans. Are you really a believer? Can you hold your peace? Are you really a believer? Can you do something for somebody less fortunate than you? Are you really a believer? Can you act like a Christian? Those who take care of widows and orphans in distress are practitioners of true religion. James gives us a call to action. Let us look in the mirror and investigate what we see. And not only investigate what we see, act on what we see. Because when we do, we'll be all the better for it. So will our neighborhoods. So will our communities. And so will other parts of the world. You see, we don't do the work to get saved. We do the work because we are saved. And we are here to take care of others because God was willing to take care of us when we couldn't take care of ourselves. God was willing to protect us from dangers seen and unseen. God was willing to send his son to make the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have access to life and have life more abundantly. That work has already been done. It's time for us to take a hard look at ourselves and see what work we need to do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word. Allow us to have this word implanted in our hearts so that we can go out and be doers of the word and not just hearers only. That we can work as unto you and not as unto man. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and we ask that those who may not know him in the pardoning of their sins will want to get to know him. 
and come asking, what must I do to become saved? Now, as we depart from this place, but never from your presence, we ask that you keep us all under your protecting care. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.